Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I am super excited to have Dr. Courtney Ciccoletti back on our podcast. She is a fellow rogue pharmacist, and we've had her on a few times already, and we're going to be talking about cortisol today. Um, cortisol, she's going to be talking more about it and defining it, but cortisol is our stress hormone made in the adrenal glands to help us respond to stress. And it's good and it can be bad. It's good until it's not good. So, um, Courtney, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me back on, Sean. I love our chats. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, you know, I love your wisdom and, you know, as pharmacists, we, we kind of think the same. So, Tell us a little bit about cortisol. Explain cortisol and go a little bit into the details of it. So cortisol is a steroid hormone that we produce. And, you know, like Sean said, it is good until it's not good. Um, our body relies on that to do a lot of things. It's responsible for a lot of processes in our body, like the regulation of our metabolism, our immune system, our stress response. So, you know, it's... It's supposed to be at different levels throughout the day. So when we wake up in the morning, we want a higher level of cortisol to get us out of bed, get us going, rocking the day. And then at nighttime, we want it to be lower, getting ready to get into our circadian rhythm and, you know, wind down. So when it's produced, you know, in our body, it's a response to stress. So when we're put in a stressful situation, it, it, cortisol is released. And that's what gives us kind of like the cortisol, the adrenaline, all of the, the steroid hormones in our body that kind of react to things. So it's a good thing to get us through that. But when we're under an exorbitant amount of stress, that's when we have things that happen like too much cortisol is present. And then that can lead to a plethora of diseases. It can lead to um, insomnia, which that sets forth everything in the whole body. Um, it's just like a trigger of events. So one thing I like to explain about cortisol is it's made in our adrenal glands to help us respond to stress. And we are diurnal creatures, meaning we're supposed to be active during the day and we're supposed to sleep at night. So our cortisol follows a diurnal variation. Uh, it is made in the adrenal glands, ad meaning above, renal meaning kidney, little pea-sized gland above the kidneys that make um, adrenal also means adrenaline, makes adrenaline and cortisol. And it, it's kind of our fight or flight mechanism um, for adrenaline like right now and cortisol more to get us throughout the day, the stressors, whether it be physical or mental stressors throughout the day. So when our when the adrenal glands produce in a, in a diurnal variation, should be highest in the morning to prepare us for the day, slowly going down throughout the day, being lowest at 2 o'clock in the morning when we should be sleeping very hard. If our cortisol is not following that pattern, that is a problem. So I want you to elaborate on that, Courtney. Absolutely. So when you know when there are things going on in our life, most, like, most likely it's in today's world, it is, as we were talking before we got on the podcast, there's a lot of emotional stress. There's a lot of mental mental stress. There's a lot of physical stress going on in people's daily routine. And when our bodies are producing more cortisol at different times, this is where 
something like our circadian rhythm can get messed up when that cortisol level is not where it should be when we're supposed to be asleep, then it's causing things like insomnia and we're not, people are not sleeping through the night. Other things that when cortisol levels are higher in the body, a lot of people develop um, that belly fat, that stubborn 10 pounds around the, the belt area. That's like, why can't I lose this? I'm doing all the right things, um, which leads to another problem of a lot of people will do HIIT training or these like high intensity things at the gym where they're doing these boot camps and they're really maxing out on cardio. And, you know, depending on the person, sometimes that's not the best workout for people because you're just stimulating more cortisol. You're stressing, your, you're putting your body under more stress. So it's kind of like a cycle that you have to get control of the levels by almost by by getting your stress response in control, by eliminating stress, doing different techniques, doing different things, eating right, making sure you're hydrated um, to get your sleep hygiene in order, which we can dive into, getting your sleep in order so that your circadian rhythm is proper and your cortisol levels are doing what they should be at the specific times of the night, which you just said. And sleep trumps it all. It does, 100%. You know, you know? It, it, right. And, and speaking of belly fat, what a lot of people do is they say, well, I just can't lose weight. I just can't lose weight. So I'm going to exercise harder. Yep. Well, if you're not sleeping, exercise not only does not benefit you at all, it is a detriment because it produces more stress on our body. And the only way our body can recover from stress is when we sleep. Yes. That's the only way we can recover. So if you're not sleeping, your diet doesn't matter. And exercise doesn't matter. I mean, we can't forget about those things, but sleep trumps it all. We will die without sleep before we'll die without food. It most does. Live with, right. I mean, most of us could live without food for three weeks. We're pretty good at storing fat. We're pretty good at storing energy. Um, but without sleep, most of us would start going into psychosis after about three days. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, sleep, sleep activates the glymphatic system. So, you know, for the listeners, the glymphatic system is, you know, we have lymph nodes running throughout our body that need proper drainage in order for our bodies to not be toxic. Our liver clears our body, our, our kidney and our livers when functioning properly do all of the drainage. And in our brain, we have the glymphatic system, which is basically while we're sleeping, your brain is basically pooping. You know, your brain is getting rid of the bad stuff, bringing in the good stuff. And if you're not getting that proper sleep, if you're not getting enough oxygen to the brain when you're sleeping, if there's any kind of other deeper sleep issues, which is a whole nother topic in itself, but like to make sure you're getting that proper sleep, getting into a REM cycle, having the proper circadian rhythm, because, you know, if you're not getting there, that dictates all everything else in your day. And when those cortisol levels are off, everything else, like you said, so many clients come to me and they're like, why can't I lose this weight? Why I'm sleeping, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. I'm eating right, I'm exercising, I'm killing it at the gym. Why am I not, you know, moving the needle on the scale? Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of have a little health journey of your own over the last year or so, correct? Absolutely. Tell us about that. So I have probably, it's, it's been more of like a holistic approach for me in my own lifestyle for about, um, about like eight or nine years when I went off of a medication I was on for 16 years um, on CBD oil. Um, and 
Over the past year, I have transferred off of the CBD oil, and now I'm taking more of like adaptogens and kind of going like an Ayurvedic herbal way, which actually is controlling cortisol in the body. So when you're looking to decrease cortisol levels, a great thing, there's a lot of lifestyle things you can do by, let's just say, you know, what we just talked about, eliminating stress, doing different breath work, yoga, meditation, um, all the things to kind of get mental clarity, um, eating right, exercising, eating a balanced diet, staying hydrated. But when we look for the extra supplements, the extra support where, hey, I am feeling extra stress. What can I do to help this? Um, by taking adaptogens. Adaptogens are herbs that help regulate cortisol. And there's different herbs for different hormones in the body, um, but there's ones very specific for the adrenal glands and to calm cortisol down. And by introducing these into my life, they have just created such an amazing stress resilience where it's like things where, you know, being in the hectic pharmacy all day where I'd go from like zero to a hundred where I feel like it's like, okay, I'll just like unpack that later. I'll just handle it. It's, it's amazing, you know, when you can get those adaptogens going in the body and just, you know, satiated how it, they can really change, um, change perspective. And now, you know, it's just funny how going through all of these different, you know, trying these different things on myself, I'm able to help my, my patients and my clients because, you know, being able to understand it better and going from, you know, on a medication that I was relying on for panic attacks to then taking, you know, an herb CBD, but still it was kind of like, why can't I get control of this myself and learning more of the lifestyle habits, my nutrition so much more in check, my hydration, all of the things around me are more in check. And then adding adaptogens has really helped me so much understand cortisol so much better. Well, and haven't you over the last year, like lost like 40 pounds or something? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so I guess probably since yeah, like less I didn't than know you had forty pounds to lose, honestly. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because you know fixing the root cause of something just sets forth your body in so many different ways. So for me, um, adding this, I I call it my little. It's it's called happy juice. It's a it's a my cortisol cocktail, but it basically calms the adrenals down. It's got a lot of probiotics, prebiotics, phytobiotics that help like make like nutrition for the, the probiotics to work properly, but it's more like fixing that gut microbiome. So it's a combination of fixing the gut, um, adding the adaptogens in to calm the hormones, working on dopamine, which is your metabolism, your motivation, working on your GABA, which is your calm neurotransmitter that kind of, you know, keeps you at bay. Um, serotonin, stimulating that. So by working, by fixing the gut, 90% of our serotonin is housed, produced in the gut, um, you know, 80% of our immune system, all of these things that affect a cortisol response are in the gut. So by enriching our gut with these probiotics and feeding them with the right strains of probiotics, prebiotics, phytonutrients, all of these things, um, you know, it's more just like, it sounds funny, but like not trying. Yes, I did my normal, I didn't change what I was doing eating wise or, or exercising or anything like that more just, I think I'm just fixing the good and bad, bad bacteria and my clothes just keep falling off. <laughs> yeah. You're down, like a size six you're down to a size six or something, right? Four. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's amazing. Wow. I've never been that in my adult life. Like, you know, it's that's wild. Really, it's really, that's really cool. It's and what did you start out at before? If you don't mind sharing like an eight, like my whole adult life, an eight. And when I really worked hard and tried like a six, like 
you know, even like a snug six. And then, yeah, like just, it's just so funny how it happened so organically just by feeding my body with the right things that I needed, you know? And then of course my hair mineral, when your minerals are out of whack, everything's out of whack. So, you know, um, but I've learned over the past few years, you know, we talk about hormones all the time and I feel like cortisol is probably one of the most important ones in your body. Cause like you said, it's, you can't live without sleep, but it, three days without sleep and yes, psychosis is <laughs> like yeah. it's the struggle is real. Yeah. Cortisol trumps them all. If your cortisol is out of balance, it doesn't matter how much progesterone, testosterone, thyroid you have, it's going to trump them all. Um, I, and you know, I, I look at hormones in a hierarchy when, when we think about adrenal hormones, thyroid hormones, sex hormones, like ovaries and testes, um, we can live without our ovaries and testes. It wouldn't be very fun, but we can do it. Um, we can even live without our thyroid. Um, not very fun, but we can do it without our adrenals, without our adrenal glands, we will die instantly. Yeah. So that it really all comes down to that. If you're, if your adrenal glands are not working appropriately in that diurnal fashion, then everything else is just going to be messed up. doesn't matter what kind of other hormones you take or what kind of supplements you take. You need to get that fixed. Now, there are certain things that are other hormone related that might be screwing up your cortisol, i.e. women having hot flashes at night. We see this quite often. You know, they're in their 40s, 50s, and all of a sudden they're having hot flashes. Well, if they're having hot flashes and can't sleep, of course their cortisol is going to be screwed up. So the first thing you need to do is you need to fix their hot flashes. And that can be with progesterone or estrogen, depending on, you know, what where they're at in their life cycle. So you got to fix the problem. And, and I think that people need to understand that all of our hormones, our body, you can't just single out one system in the body. You can't just single out one hormone in the body. They all communicate with each other and they all affect each other. Like you said, if your estrogen levels are off and you're having, you know, hot flashes in your sleep, then your circadian rhythm is messed up. So now your cortisol is messed up. Well, when that's messed up in your circadian rhythm, well, now you're messing with your melatonin and your serotonin. So now you're developing anxiety and depression throughout the day. And then it's, it's like this cycle. And then it's like, the same cycle that I see in the pharmacy that got me on this path that I'm on now. And you know it, you know, you see the person that comes in and we put them on an antidepressant. They go on an SSRI because they're feeling all these things, but it's like, why are they feeling these things? Like when in turn, let's control, you know, if they're having the hot flashes from their hormone, from their estrogen levels, why are we not fixing that so that their sleep is in check? And then in turn, their mood and their, their, their mood is balanced and their anxiety is in check throughout the day because their cortisol is functioning properly. So, but it's something that, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand as well is like, there's so many things in our world that are hormone disruptors and hormones. And I, and I use hormones as a very broad term. It could be yeah. both, you know, the estrogen and the progesterone. It could be the adrenals. It could be your insulin. It could be your thyroid, any of the hormones. Um, but anything, anything from the sense of things, the artificial smelly things that we're putting air fresheners, products that we're using in our body, on our body, the stuff we're washing our clothes in the stuff we're cleaning our homes with, the cosmetics that we're using on our skin. The skin is the largest organ in the body. Everything that we're putting on it and that comes in contact, the air we're breathing, um, everything that that comes in contact with our body is creating this oxidative stress and this toxic load on our body. And it's affecting our hormones tremendously. And 
there's this shift. And if we're not doing the proper things to support it, a lot of those things are lifestyle things. Um, and then looking at what's going on with the body, the micronutrients, the minerals, is there any way that's something that we need to get something back in balance there? Is there something that we can do to support things? If you're not getting enough from your nutrition, I always say nutrition's the best place to get, you know, your nutrients from. However, the food, even the food in our world, it's just, I mean, that's another rabbit hole topic we could go right. down for, for, <laughs> for however long. But, you know, it's it's looking at every single thing that we put in our body, even the healthy things. Everything is wrapped in plastic. All of the electronics in our tech-friendly world that are giving off EMFs that are affecting our hormones as well. Um, it's just a cycle. And it's like, it's like getting back to grassroots and really, you know, starting to switch out products for like cleaner and greener, you know, food, just everything we're doing doing in our body just to limit these stress factors. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to, to, to recognize it all when it's everything coming at us to say, Hey, you know, where do we start? But it's a good idea to start with just switching products out little by little stuff that is, you know, that's, that doesn't have as many chemicals that are going to disrupt the hormones. Yeah. Another term for that is endocrine disruptors. Um, Cause our hormones are made in the endocrine system. Um, but one thing I wanted to elaborate on is, you know, you talk about, you know, all the hormones being related and, and our body systems being related. It's like we're the ones that try to compartmentalize hormones and, 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 and make them all different. Thyroid, progesterone, uh, sex hormones, adrenal hormones, or we try to make our organ systems different to make it simple for us. You know, whether it be our, our, our skin, like you said, or our skeletal system or our immune system. But the reality of it is, it's all one big body system and they all work in symbiotic relationship together. And if, if one of if the pieces of the puzzle is not working well, then they're all not going to work well. So endocrine disruptors are, um, you know, very common in our uh, society, in our, in our environment. You can't always stay away from all of them. You know, it, it just it can be very difficult, uh, whether it be, you know, plastics. Plastics are common, xenoestrogens possibly in certain plastics and their endocrine disruptors or whether it be vinyl flooring or whether it be, um, you know, the cosmetics that we put on our skin. One of the things I like to tell patients is that we do have <clears throat> we can't completely stay away from toxins. We can't. We would just sit in bed and do nothing and go and, and never go outside. And that wouldn't be good for us either. So the important thing is, is to have a healthy body already. And our our body is meant to de detoxify things that are, might be poisons that, that are xeno to us, that are foreign to us. So it's important to have a healthy immune system and be able to detox from all the toxins. Can you elaborate on that, Courtney? Absolutely. It's so important. And like I was just telling you before, you know, the gut is where 80% of our immune system lives too. So a good way to support the immune system is to support the gut. So, you know, whether it's what we're putting in and on our bodies, but it's also with great probiotics. Um, there's a lot of different strains that are for different purposes, whether it be for, you know, uh, for actual gut health, if people are struggling with constipation, diarrhea, one way or another, um, to look at the 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 different um, the different probiotics that work on you know on on supporting your serotonin levels and create like on your your mental wellness, anything that supports um, women's health, sexual health. There's 
strains of probiotics for that. There's so many different ones to go, so many different routes to go down with that to see where people are in need and, and you know, just trial and error kind of. But um, absolutely. And, you know, looking at too, just like labels on things, learning how to read labels and ingredients, like so many different things, you know, so many different even skincare products, probably like higher end products that have like xenoestrogens in them because, you know, what happens when we get older? Our estrogen levels decrease. And when that happens, our collagen decreases because our estrogen affects our collagen. So now we're getting wrinkles. So, you know, what do we do? We're going to slap some of those on our, on our skin and create more of an imbalance in toxicity. So it's like, you know, like you said, it's, it's hard to, you know, we can't live in a bubble. And if our organs are functioning properly, they should be able to take these xeno fake things that we're introducing to our body that our body's like, whoa, whoa, hey, what are you doing? And what I'm seeing with so many, um, with so many people is like, you know, bodies are becoming so, so toxic from all of these things. And another, you know, another topic, again, we could go down the rabbit hole with is, you know, COVID, whether it was vaccinations or getting COVID itself, how it destroyed like down to the cellular level of people's mitochondria function and how that inflammation has affected all of these hormones and the gut and how it's made our body so toxic and inflamed. And, you know, we're not addressing that enough or people aren't educated enough on it where, you know, I think that's why so many people are like, why am I feeling this brain fog? Why do I, I don't even know how I drove to work today, or I'm so tired. I can't get through my day without taking some kind of stimulant in the day to get me going, um, you know, and all of those things. So, you know, I think it's just, it's just, um, it's like the big picture. It's really looking down to that like root cause and finding out like, you know, what, why is this happening? What can we do to fix it from the ground level up? Um, and I want to, I want to share a comment. One of our loyal viewers, Cynthia Bailey, gut support seems to be key. And we, we talked about it over and over again. She also said that keep a strong immune system and, and gut health makes a strong immune system. And we really shouldn't be surprised when, you know, functional pharmacists like you and I talk about it over and over again about gut health, gut health, gut health. Well, we really shouldn't be surprised that gut health is so important when if you think about this, where do we get? 99.99% of all of our nutrients in our body when we eat through our gut. So if our gut is not healthy and we're not absorbing our nutrients properly, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. I mean, seriously. So if our gut is not healthy, we are not going to have healthy bodies, period. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's where where, I mean, I start with most of my clients, no matter what functional lab tests I do with them, I, I feel like... I try to almost take a step back and have people try some of the digestive aids, whether it's probiotics, digestive enzymes, bitters, um, you know, helping increase stomach acid. People don't understand like your stomach acid. We want a high stomach in our acid, high acid in our stomachs, because that's what helps us absorb food and and you utilize it for the nutrients that it has. And if our stomach acid is low, that's why people get different stomach issues, reflux, you know, and and all of the all of the things if we're not absorbing the food, it's coming out in one way or another and not doing what it needs to do in our bodies. So like, that's definitely the start. Like everything resides in the gut. When you get the gut right, you can get so many things right. But another thing that I think doesn't get enough play, and I'm starting to really 
learn more about it in my practice as I see, you know, as I talk one-on-one with people and really dive into like what they're feeling and what's going on and looking at their traditional labs and if they want to run functional labs. Um, But even just looking at their like subjective history and what's going on with them, just listening to them. So many people's livers are just all of these stresses that are in our body and our liver is like the main guy who's like, Hey, let's clear all these, let's process these. And in, you know, in the common healthy person, we should be able to do this. We should be able to break these things down that are coming at us that are not natural that are, we're bringing in. But I think that there's just so much of it now. It just is more and more and more to the point where our livers are so backed up and we're spilling bile into our bodies and it's causing disease because because even throwing supplements at people and digestive enzymes, if the liver's not functioning properly, we're not processing and clearing things from the body. It's basically spilling back into our other organs and creating disease. So like really looking at like liver drainage, I'm really starting to like learn more about it, that people are, are in need of it. It's really for especially the people that are really, really like ill to the point where supplements aren't helping. They're doing all the things they, 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 they to the most part are really, you know, working with a plan, doing the probiotics, doing the supplements, eating right, exercising, hydration, all of the things. And they're like, I still just feel like something's off, you know? So, and and that's probably a topic for another podcast. That's just a complete reset, which is, is a detox. Um, And, you know, like I said, that's probably a topic for another podcast. Um, One of the things I wanted to reiterate is that, you know, we're never, if, if our gut, you were talking about um, acid stomachs and it's, it's kind of um, counterintuitive when we have reflux and, and you of course know this as a pharmacist and we have reflux. So the first thing that we do in the traditional medicine is we prescribe a strong antacid. And so we lower people's stomach acids and it is the, one of the worst things we could ever do. Our stomachs are meant to be acidic. So these drugs called PPIs, proton pump inhibitors, like Prevacid, Prilosec, name some other ones, uh, Courtney. Nexium, um, you said Protonics, Prilosec. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of them are over the counter, uh, some of them prescription only. They're all horrible. And if you have chronic reflux, um, it's not it's not an acid problem. It's a diet related problem. You don't need drugs. In fact, don't take drugs. And I will tell you, if you're taking a PPI right now, you know, one of the drugs we just talked about, you need to work on getting off of them because you're not absorbing vitamin D. You're not absorbing calcium, your minerals. There are a lot of things you are doing and you don't have the proper um, microflora in your gut because our gut is meant, our stomach is meant to be acidic. And if it's not, you are not going to be healthy. So those PPIs are some of the worst drugs that have ever been prescribed. Um, and they're, they're not meant to be used long term. If you have any kind of GI problem, gastrointestinal problem, it is it is probably a nutritional issue. You don't lack a drug. I know that sounds cynical, but it's just, it's just totally true. And getting off, the problem with getting off those PPIs is very difficult, as Courtney can um, oh, yeah. tell because what happens is, after our body, our stomach actually um, prepares ourself, ourselves for acid. It's created wonderfully, as you can imagine, to actually literally 
be eaten away every three days. Our stomach lining is completely eaten away by acid every three days. When people say, well, how come our stomach acid doesn't digest its own stomach, our own stomach? It does. And, but it's a dynamic process. And every three days, all the cells, you know, are supposed to regenerate. So we have a thick line on our stomach. When we lower that acid with acid lowering drugs like PPIs, that lining gets really thin. So guess what? And big pharma knows it. All of a sudden you stop taking those PPIs and you've got this thin layer of, of stomach um, lining and it hurts like hell because all of a sudden you're producing more acid and you've got this thin liner of stomach and, and it hurts. And so you go back on the PPI and it, it's a way that big pharma, another drug that big pharma has created for you to be on the rest of your life. But it doesn't have to be that way. Talk to a pharmacist like Courtney or like I, and we can help you get off of those because it is a dietary related problem. You need acid in your stomach. Absolutely. I know it's, it's, it's wild and it does, it creates that hyperacid secretion where you in turn are now producing more when you try to go off of it, your body just tries to adapt. And then it's, it's like this cycle and it's just, it's, it's really terrible. And it's, it's crazy because some people are to the point where, you know, I work, I work with a lot of people getting them off of proton pump inhibitors and really helping control it with, you know, a regimen for that people, some people, they can do it in a month. Some people, you know, they have to taper a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people that have been on them for 20, 30 years, and they've been diagnosed with other things like Barrett's esophagus, and they get chronic H. pylori, which is an infection that happens in the stomach when you have, you know, these different bacteria bacteria coming in when you have a disrupted gut dis uh, a gut microbiome and you have this dysbiosis but it's 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 wild to see the people that really it's almost like you're leery to to take them off because you know they're they're being followed by GI and it's like well you know, cancer is, 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 is in the works where it's like, okay, they've been having this other condition for X amount of years and they, they literally can't have any more erosion going on in their esophagus if this acid's being produced. And it's almost like, it's like this counterintuitive thing where it's so hard for some people to get off of them. And it's scary because it can lead to other things like dementia. Like that's like a known thing now that, that after now cycling around that with this drug has been around for so long that, you know, like, how are we, how are we, 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 what's happening now is the repercussions now that this drug has been around for, for, I don't even know, has it been 30 years, something like that? Yeah, because they, I was in pharmacy school, I've been out of pharmacy school for 30 years, so they have been around for 30 years and and we're seeing the ramifications now, long-term ramifications. It is. And it's, it's, it's really scary. And as we try to, you know, to, help people get off of them. It's, it's, it's can be a challenge for some people, you know, it's some people are just like, I can't, I can't because, you know, and they're worried about if they're, if that erosion happens and they, they're trying all the supplements and nutrition things, you know, and of course you can't hold, you can hold people's hand, but you can't be there for every meal and every, you know, making sure they're doing all of the good, you know, digestive hygiene things, you know, before a meal, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing that people are, are, are struggling to get off of them. And if you are on them, I highly, highly suggest reach out. I have a protocol that I can send you through, um, even just through my full scripts where you can go on and just, and just look at it's, it's a four step process and it's a way to taper off of it, a schedule to taper off of it that you need to support your gut while you're doing it in turn so that you're not, you're not counterbalancing where that acid secretion is happening and you just can't do it. It's helping support your stomach in other ways so that you can come off of it safely. Absolutely. Uh, A question from Cynthia. Do 
vegetarians have more stomach issues because of their not eating meat. Well, I, if you followed me long enough, you know I am not a proponent of a vegetarian diet. We are omnivores. We're not carnivores. We are omnivores. Um, I think, but I do think that we, if you look at cultures, ancestrally speaking, over generations and generations, we have mostly survived on meat. Um, when you think about vegetarians or vegetables and fruit alone. Uh, the nutrition that we get from those, it would be very, very difficult to have a healthy body and get enough protein, especially from, um, you know, plants alone. So I'm a big proponent of, of eating meat. And I will tell people usually to eat more meat. There's never a problem with that. If you look at the generations, what was supported us, you know, even though red meat got vilified and it causes heart attacks and high cholesterol, that's a bunch of bogus. It's a complete lie. If that's the case, we would have died thousands of years ago because we have survived on red meat as humans for many thousands of years. So do I believe that vegetarians have more stomach issues because they're eating meat. I believe vegetarians have all kinds of issues because they're not eating meat, including stomach issues. And let's just talk about the fiber thing. And I know there's a big controversy. I'm not going to get into it too deep, but um, if you follow Sean Baker, who's a big carnivore supporter, I get it. That's how he makes money. So obviously he's got skin in the game, but I still believe in a lot of what he says and um, mostly what he says. And when you think about fiber, I know we've talked about how fiber prevents colon cancer and all this kind of stuff. But if you think about what fiber is, we don't digest fiber. We don't digest it. We don't absorb it. Um, we're not herbivores like like herding animals that can actually digest those. They have the, the proper rumen or bacteria in their gut to actually digest fiber. We can't. It's cellulose. We don't digest it. Seriously. If, if we don't absorb it and digest it, really, how good can it be? I, I, that's just, I, I'm just laying that question out there. No, I love that question because I mean, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. So like I can dive into this because I have mixed feelings on fiber. I feel like it just really depends on the person. Sometimes fiber can work against people depending on what kind of what is going on in their gut? What bacteria they have going on in their gut? Some bacteria feed really well off of fiber and the commensal bacteria that are in different fibers and they can flourish and whatever. But some people, especially like SIBO patients, if you give somebody fiber who's got SIBO, I mean, you're like calling for like an ER visit, you know, like it's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's really mixed. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, we can go and do a, functional medicine stool test, which is way different than doing it in regular traditional Western medicine. And I can do a 60 page report for you and tell you every bacteria, what's high, what's low, what trends in your body when you have high, low and disease states and all that. And it's, it's an amazing test. It's really cool and can get you on track with what bacteria you need, but it's really expensive. And that can change. It can change so quickly in your body. You know, it's, so I can, I feel like fiber is, you know, I, I definitely have mixed feelings on it. It really depends on the person, um, you know, on the receiving end and what's going on in your gut. And without taking a picture of what's going on in your gut and just taking some poo and looking at it, it's it's hard to say if you want to tell somebody to load up on fiber, to be very honest with you. Um, here's, here's my opinion about it. I mean, when you think about what a cow, I'll just use a cow, but it could be a deer, it could be an elk, it could be a bison, whatever. When you think about what those animals do, they eat all day long, mostly grass if they're 
um, you know, wild. They eat mostly grass, which is mostly cellulose, right? And they take that and they turn it into protein with all the nutrients that's in the ground and in the grass, they turn it into, it's, it's, it's incredible. They turn it into protein and fat and, and of course, glycogen, carbohydrate. It's incredible. And then they concentrate it into their protein. So when we eat meat, we are essentially eating all the same nutrients that they ate as plants and they concentrate it into protein. What can, can, do you get any better than that? So essentially, in my opinion, when you eat meat, you are eating, a, you know, you're eat, literally eating plants because that animal took plants. Yeah. You know, in general, grazing animals took plants and made it into meat. It's incredible. And it actually violates the law of physics. They eat less calories than they end up putting on. It violates the law of physics. We shouldn't be surprised because biology violates the law of physics. But it's incredible. And that's why and that and and that's why and and you know, you talk about people that can't tolerate fiber. Honestly, Courtney, how many times have you seen a patient that can't tolerate red meat? The only people yeah, that there's that one weird tick disease or something. I don't remember the name of it. Very, very rare. The it, only it, time the only time I see people that can't tolerate red meat or animal products is if they've deprived themselves of it for so long, right. then their bodies are like it makes them ill because their bodies are not used to it and they have to very slowly introduce themselves back in. I remember a girl that was um one of my clients who was pregnant and she was a vegetarian. She ate very clean. And when she was pregnant, her body was like, I want a burger. I like, she was craving meat. And she's like, I'm listening to my body. This is what my baby needs. And she started eating meat and she slowly introduced it. And she, she still is. And it's just, it's funny because your body tells you your body. needs Exactly. Listen to her bodies. Right. Right. All right. Well, Courtney, we're going to wind this podcast up. And as we do, um, I want you to share how people can get a hold of you. Um, my website is um, wellness-solutions.co. Um, that's my website. You can contact me via email. It's Courtney with a K, Chick, C-H-I-C, um, at Gmail. And um, I can hook you up that way. If you're on my website or even on social media, I'm on um I'm on Facebook as Courtney Powers Chickaletti. I know it's a mouthful of a last name. Um, Instagram is doctor.courtney.chickaletti. Um, but find me there. You can connect with me. Um, sometimes the messenger gets lost. If I don't, I know some people have reached out before on Facebook Messenger. Sometimes it gets lost in the spam. So if I don't answer you there, try to message me through either right on my wall or um, email me and I will get back to you. But if you need any kind of protocols for getting off proton pump inhibitors, if you need any cortisol cocktail, I can help you so much. Happy juice. Happy juice. <laughs> well, Courtney, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on. And I, I really appreciate your wisdom and knowledge. And it's always fun to chat with another pharmacist of like mind because there's not many of us, although there's becoming more of us. And I, and I really like that because, you know, two pharmacists that share the goal of getting people off medications is very powerful. And, you know, our goal of this podcast is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of, of their own health. And, and you've helped us realize that goal today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. All right, Courtney. Thank you so much. Listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Uh, tune into our regularly scheduled podcast, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time on Monday. Thank you so much. 